Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Scott Hansen. Welcome back to the Success Hackers podcast. If you're brand new, we love the new folks. You have found us, and it's because of not only you, but people that have been listening for a very long time that have made us one of the top podcasts for business and entrepreneurs literally in the country from iTunes perspective. We've actually had now over 500,000 downloads in iTunes. So I want to say uh, for a minute here, thank you so much to everybody that's listened, that continues to spread the word about Success Hackers and telling a friend and telling a neighbor. Uh, it's because of you that we continue to grow. And in such, we continue to impact the entrepreneurial and business community with 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 amazing esteemed guests like we're about to have today. So Again, thank you so much for helping Success Hackers reach these new milestones. Um, So Hacker Nation, let's get right down to business. We're about to speak to someone who's going to share strategies on how to help you build a more profitable, successful business by focusing on the money. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Fady Howamat. Oh, God, I screwed it up. What is it? Howamat? Howatma. Okay. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Fady Hawatma. Fady, are you ready to rock? Absolutely, I am. Okay. Fady is a proven entrepreneur starting his first company at the age of 12 while running the family business through college before starting his professional career at a Fortune 30 company working on the world's largest and most significant airplane programs. Most recently, Fady has started and grown his own outsourced CFO slash COO consulting firm to service over 50 companies over the span of the last three years. His experience across various industries has set him up with the optimal skill set to identify and address the most recurring financial pain points with small businesses. Now, as a culmination of his life's experience, Fady runs one of the quickest growing financial technology companies in Chicago. Fady, welcome to Success Hackers. Man, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Scott. I'm really happy to be here. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about uh, about your business and who your clients are and uh, anything else that you'd like to, to kick the uh, podcast off here. Yeah, so you know, my, my company's name is Clockwork, and it helps companies with financial visibility. One of the things that I was doing for every single one of my clients when I was running my outsourced CFO consulting firm was building them financial models with their projections and cash flow forecasts. And it was astonishing that there really wasn't a, you know, good enough tool, good enough software in the market uh, that did this automatically. And so, you know, the second I started really digging into the market, I knew that Clockwork is something I had to build. And so, you know, Clockwork integrates with major accounting uh, systems, QuickBooks Online and Xero. And it automatically builds out five-year financial projections and 65-week cash flow forecast. So, 
you know, small businesses don't have to fumble through Excel and Google Sheets and all these kinds of clunky tools. Um, and they can focus on running their business and, and leave the software and, and let it empower them to focus on what they need to do. So I think it's fascinating as someone that works with small business owners and entrepreneurs, you're absolutely right. This is a this is certainly a bottleneck and a stick point when it comes to when it comes to helping a business owner in a, a business scale to the next level. So why do you think companies need a financial model? And frankly, how do they use it? You know, companies can't afford to hire any true top financial talent when they're starting out or even when they're growing. Um, you know, finance is usually one of the last things that, that companies hire on and they bring on because they're like, oh, wow, we have all this money we don't know what to do with or we don't have enough money and we need more. Um, so, you know, it's always important to keep track of where you've been and where you're going. And that's what a financial model does. It gives you a picture of where you're heading because, you know, people always say, you know, plans are useless, but, you know, you literally cannot run a business without a plan. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the financial model sets that up for you and actually gives you some sort of guiding light uh, to to perform and, and to tackle. So if someone's out there right now listening, they're a business owner, they say, you know what, we work with our CPA and we see him or her once a quarter, once a year, or we might have a bookkeeper, or, you know, we might be doing QuickBooks online. How does clockwork integrate into that conversation what what would you say to that person right now who you know is a little bit strapped like you said when you're first starting out the first couple years in business um they obviously need to know the numbers um it's important to realize where they at to your point and where they're going but man they're just trying to make some ends meet they're just trying to be the best plumber or the best general contractor or the best attorney or fill in the blank business owner Mm-hmm. What is this? What does clockwork do for them that can maybe alleviate some of that stress that they have? Yeah, it, it puts control back into their hands a little more. Um, you know, when you do have a CPA or a bookkeeper, you know, they're they're accounting. They're focused on accounting. They're focused on closing books and account reconciliations and taxes and you know those kinds of uh, regulation. You know, going after your taxes and and the things that you have to do for your business, reporting and that kind of stuff. But you know, more often than not, those CPAs and those bookkeepers are you know the quote unquote numbers person for that guy, for that you know for that entrepreneur, whoever it may be, whether it's a plumber or general contractor or you know running a successful you know several million dollar business. Um, you always have to depend on your numbers guy to give you answers on what the numbers look like. So with clockwork, you know, a, it empowers your CPA and your bookkeeper to offer more advisory solutions. Because if you tell your CPA or bookkeeper, you know, whoever's helping you out with the numbers to go and build you a cash flow forecast and a, they don't know how to do it. They're not, you know, that's not their, that's not their strong point. They're going to build something a little subpar and they're going to spend a lot of time doing it. And, you know, time is money. And that's 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 kind of one of our one of our hashtags with clockwork is time is money. And so we want to save you time because you're paying your CPA at least one hundred fifty dollars an hour, hundred to hundred fifty. Some of them are you know north of two hundred. And with clockwork, you know, you're saving at least five hours a month of work that that CPA is doing for you, doing your projections, updating your models 
updating your numbers. With Clockwork, everything is, is real time. So everything is being pulled in every hour from your accounting system. So you don't have to go through and fat finger Excel and, you know, try and figure out exactly all the numbers and all the rows and, you know, exporting reports from QuickBooks Online or Zero and all these kinds of different things. Clockwork takes all that out of the equation. So now, you know, it's your conversations, your limited time that you have with your accounting professional are geared towards how can we make a better business and not going back and forth on an Excel sheet or a Google sheet. Yeah, and Hacker Nation, we'll actually have a, a link or two uh, at the end of the at the end of the uh, podcast here, where you can actually get in touch with with Fady and learn more about Clockwork and all that. But I wa- what I wanted to know is when you present this, I would imagine one of two things can happen: some CPAs, some bookkeepers, they will they will accept you with open arms to say, "Hey, this is this is this consultative approach for our client." So this actually helps everybody, including the CPA, including the bookkeeper. But I would also imagine that there's pushback or there's, there's, there's almost like maybe some of the CPAs or bookkeepers, they think maybe that you guys are a threat. What would you say to, to those, those individuals listening right now? How do you fit into that spectrum? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're trying to empower the accounting community as, as much as we are trying to empower small businesses. Because accounting firms, you know, they are small businesses as well. Even though we're focused on the top 100 regional CPA firms and, and forming true partnerships with them, Clockwork allows accounting firms to to level up their service providing. You know, they, they become a next level service provider. It's not just accounting, and you know, because I mean, let's face it, the accounting world is is becoming a commodity. You right. know, taxes are a commodity. Month end bookkeeping is a commodity. So now, you know, on that aspect, it's a race to the bottom. And that's never a good thing to get get involved in. Right. So with t- with tools like Clockwork, it sets accounting firms and individual CPAs and bookkeepers above the rest because it's like, hey, if you do business with me, you get this software that does your modeling, that does your projections, that does your cash flow, that builds out metrics for you, that does everything in real time. Hmm. And so it takes away the conversation of this is why you need to work with me and we're so much more responsive and you know the pitching on the personal uh, personal issue because I mean let's face it, everyone knows at least 10 accountants you know I, I I know my my phone book is probably I have over a hundred CPAs that I've, I've worked with and, and and I know so you know it's not that hard to find CPAs it is hard to find good CPAs that leverage technology in their offering right exactly. and so Clockwork is helping that and empowering those forward-thinking CPA firms, and and to be honest, I can't tell you how many meetings I've had with with CPA firms and with bookkeepers that are like, "Well, we have our own CFO agency, and we have our right. own this, and we want to." It's like, honestly, I don't even want to work with you because you don't see the long the long term. You know, you don't see how you can better provide service for your clients you're in it for your own gain and you know i that's not how that's not how i do business and that's what i that's not who i want to do business with right right yeah it makes sense i would imagine the cpas excuse me the cpas the bookkeepers of the world you know they're probably not as quick to to look at technology although they know that technology right now is to your point reshaping the financial industry especially the accounting and bookkeeping and it sounds like it sounds like bolting on as an added value to their practice for their 
businesses for their business owners clients it, it helps them stand apart um, from every other CPA that's not willing to to take on someone like you guys like clockwork into their offerings is that safe to say that's exactly right Scott exactly yeah. right yeah awesome so let's talk about scaling because everybody that's listening right now um, they've either started their business semi recently or they've been in business for a while but really at the end of the day they want to grow they want to scale. What should companies maybe focus on? We could probably we could probably spend the next two hours talking about yeah. that. But but in our short time together, what what do you think is maybe one thing a company should focus on when scaling? Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, and and to give you the most blanket high level answer is is be calculated in how you're scaling. If certain things aren't working, have data and have numbers behind that to make it to make a pivot. You know, I've seen so many companies get in the trap of, you know, well, we're marketing using Facebook and we're 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 spending ten thousand dollars a month on marketing in Facebook and we're doing the digital ads and we're doing this and we're getting, you know, our customer acquisition is 200 percent what, you know, what we're bringing in. And, you know, people are getting absolutely demolished doing that, but they don't have the numbers. They're not looking at the data to influence their decisions. And so take those pivots uh, with a calculated approach. So if you have, if you are running Facebook ads or any digital ads and things aren't working, understand why they're not working and immediately start to pivot and test out things. If Mm -hmm. you, if you have certain words that you're targeting, change the words that you're targeting, see what that does to your conversion, see what that does to your leads. And if that, you know, dramatically increases them, throw some more money at it. If it hurts them, pull money back and pivot a little more. And so be quick to adapt the messaging and be quick to adapt what your approach is to scaling. You know, some companies, uh, you know, a lot of Chicago companies, they get sucked in the trap of scaling means hiring employees. Right. And that's not always the case. Right. You can't, you can't just, you know, oh, we have 10 employees this year. Last year we had five. We're on fire. It's like, mm-hmm. no, that, that, that's not how it works. So right. scale very, you know, in a, in a very calculated approach. And you know, not to not to keep going back to clockwork, but that's what I was doing with all my clients. You know, one of the biggest things they always came to me with, how do we scale? How do we grow? The first thing I did was built them a model. And I said, this is if we pulled these levers and know what levers to pull. You know, that's 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 the first that's the first battle is know what levers to pull. Is it headcount? Is it digital ad spend? Is it your product? Is it your service offering? Do you have to add more uh, services are your customers requesting additional things that you're not offering, mm-hmm. and so having an understanding of what levers you need to pull, and then set that as a foundation. You know, don't don't have the don't have the squirrel mentality where every single little thing pops up. It's oh, we're focused on that now. Or, oh, oh, we're focused right. on this. Right. You know, be quick to adapt, but be firm in your foundation. You know, know what your offering is, know what your competitive advantage is, and double down on it and make those decisions calculated. And I love what you said because we actually had on um, uh, the last episode here on Success Hackers, we had a digital a digital expert, um, and his whole business was based around automation and, and, and digital ads, but digital like, like understanding really how to market on the Internet, not just saying we just do SEO or we just do this, like really mm-hmm. understanding – the the second and third and fourth layers of how to actually run a successful 
ad campaign. His name was Sasha Burson, um, Hacker Nation. Mm-hmm. Go check that out if you haven't listened to it. But he said something. He said something very similar to what you said, which is, which I love. A lot of business owners they try something. They they invest money. They, they take a leap of faith, they invest it, and it doesn't work, and then they clam up or they shut down around mm-hmm. internet marketing or Facebook marketing or, 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 or sales or whatever the thing is that they've invested money, and they go back to what, frankly, that wasn't working for them. And, and I love what you said about testing because Sasha said the same thing. You have to – we don't have the, the magic bullet every single time. So when we get someone up and running – there might be there might be a pivot we have to make semi semi quickly and the nice thing about especially online you can you can gauge the success of your marketing pretty damn quickly absolutely you know so absolutely. so I, I i like what you said that you know you have to continue to tweak and and try different things until you hit the sweet spot and hitting the sweet spot as even he mentioned he said man once you hit the sweet spot when it comes to this your business truly does become fun again. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it. There's there's there are very few feelings that are better when it comes to running a business than seeing your marketing efforts really click. Right. And right. you know that's that's honestly just one of the best. And you know it's important to remember what clicked last year, what yeah. clicked six months ago, may not click again. That's right. And so it's yeah. always important to you know. Don't rest on your laurels, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you always have to be looking for the next thing that's going to work for you, work for your company, work for your brand. Work. There's so many different things that you need to keep in mind. And as you move that forward, you know, it's it's a game. You know, running a business is a game, and you know, it's it's you have to be on top of your game every day, and you have to show up and figure out exactly what you know what's happening, and and don't look at you know, a lot of companies, I think they get it, they run into trouble because they look at other companies. They look at their competitors and say, okay, they're running tons of Facebook. We need to run tons of Facebook. It's like, well, that was their plan six, nine, 12 months ago. And you're just now seeing what's happening because of what they planned six, nine, 12 months ago. And so you're off the bat, you're behind the mark. Yeah. They're, they're thinking of some stuff that's that they're not even doing yet and you're doing what they've been doing. And so you'll always be tracking and, and, and behind your competitors. If you're all, if you're, if your marketing strategy is looking at your competitors doing what they do, because what you see now is what they've been working on for, you know, over a year. It's mm. not something that they immediately are like, you know, hundred percent, let's go and do this. And it's, it's right out in the market. Mm. Um, so it's always important to keep track of how you're running your business and take inventory of what's out there, but do what you need to do for your business because no one knows your business better than you do. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I want to shift gears. Um, so can yeah. you get can you get vulnerable with us for a minute? Yeah, let's do it. So I believe, Fady, that all high performers and successful individuals maybe look at a little bit look at failure a little bit differently than most people. They use what I call failure as feedback and course correction. So take us time. Take us back to a time when you maybe failed and almost wanted to even give up or continue to work at what you were doing. I know you had a successful career, but maybe it was in the pivot. Maybe it was in that career. Maybe it was in the business that you run now. That one failure that you you used literally as your success fire. What was that time? Yeah, it was when I. So after after I left Boeing, 
I went and worked at an oil and gas consulting firm. And, you know, I was brought on there because the CEO promised me, well, you know, promised, uh, I hate using that word, but he basically told me, I want to retire in five years and there's no one else that works for me that I think can take over. Mm. And he goes, you, you have the, the experience, the personality, the drive that I would feel comfortable handing my company over to. And, you know, you can't turn down that offer. So I quit Boeing uh, and went and work, work, worked with him at, at his consulting firm. Nine months later, I got fired. Hmm. And the reason I got fired is I was driving so hard with that goal in mind to take over the company, to grow it, to run it. And, you know, I was working like an absolute madman. I was, I was running the consulting, you know, the, the managing the consultants. And then I was managing the customer care people. We had about 30 uh, customer support because it was a back office ERP technology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was working like an absolute madman. My relationship suffered. I had a, I had a, you know, significant other at the time. And, you know, we broke up because of how much I was working uh, at the firm. And I was literally pouring my entire life into this firm. And I ended up getting fired because... I was running too hard and, and my boss, the person between me and the CEO, was threatened with with everything. And mm -hmm. I, I was so focused and laser focused on taking over the company right. that I that I forgot that there was one person in the middle. You know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and their 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 agenda was different than mine and, and what the CEO and I were talking about. Yeah. And I let myself kind of get lost in in that whole thing and I and I didn't see the full picture. I didn't see everything that was happening. And, you know, that 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 served as a pretty big cuz I, you know, at Boeing I was I was I was on fire. I was I was getting promoted on average every 12 to 18 months, which is unheard of. And, you know, I was I was absolutely on fire working on the most amazing things in the world. And for me coming to a small company and it was a small business, you know, it was a 15 million dollar firm. You know, it wasn't near what Boeing uh, is and was. And so when I joined, I was I was full blown gas on the, you know, foot on the pedal and, and let's go, go, go. And I didn't see everything that was happening. Um, and when I when I got fired, I kind of stepped back and I'll never forget this. The My boss at the time, not the CEO, uh, he fired me in the, in the room and he goes, you are one of the smartest individuals I know and you're going to do fine. That's why I'm firing you. And I looked at that and I'm like, you son of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that's unbelievable. So what did you what do you think you learned? What do you so when that so that's an amazing story. So how do you think you you what did you learn from that moment? Is it is it more about the sixty thousand foot level about life? Was it more in the yeah, trenches it, about yeah, what was what was the takeaway? Yeah, it was it was honestly multi pronged. So at first it, it allowed me to slow down. It allowed me to look at what I really wanted to do. And it wasn't working 80 hours a week and traveling nonstop and, you know, running a company for someone else. It, it just wasn't me. You know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. My dad owned restaurants in St. Louis. You know, I, I grew up as an entrepreneur. I grew up, grew up in an entrepreneur family. And so that wasn't my passion. And that was one of the biggest takeaways I had for me is I'm like, I need to go back to my passion because I'm someone that has to be, I'm a very passionate person and I have to be doing something that I'm passionate about or else I go crazy. Yeah. And you know, for me, that was, that was a huge kick in the butt to be like, 
wake up and go do what you want to do. Do what you're good at because if you're passionate about it, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And that for me was a huge, huge wake-up call where, you know, when I left that firm, I moved to Chicago. You know, I was living in St. Louis, moved to Chicago. You know, that was the first decision I made for myself. And then I started my own consulting firm. And the rest is kind of history. And that was one of the, that, you know, getting fired, everyone kind of looks and, oh, boo-hoo, this was horrible, blah, blah, blah. Especially, you know, and, and my situation was, honestly, I could write a book about it. But, you know, it was the, the kick in the ass that I needed to really perform at my top and not, you know, not just go through the motions for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Faith, the universe, God, Buddha, whoever you dig the most stepped in. And yeah. I love this story because, you know, you went right. You went down this entrepreneurial path. I think a lot of people go left and they go they go back to what's, quote unquote, what they're good at or comfortable with. But it really there's there's not a lot of passion behind it. And Mm -hmm. I I commend you because you could have easily, because you were such a rock star at arguably one of the largest firms on the planet, uh, you could have went and worked for either them again or or their competitors because you have this track record. But you spun off and there was something something or someone nudging you to go follow your passion and and do what you love to do. And, And sure enough, here we are X amount of years later. You know, you've built such a successful company in a relatively short period of time and it's just going to continue to evolve because you listened to that that nudge or you, you felt the nudge and you acted on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. All right, Fady, we are now entering the randomness round, but before we do, let's take a quick moment to learn something brand new. Hacker Nation, I just released my second book and it already hit bestseller status in less than seven days. Needless to say, I'm a little fired up. This book is a step-by-step roadmap to help any small business owners hit seven figures or multiple seven figures. You know, I use the the I knew I use the analogy like an architect needs a set of blueprints to build a house. I know that entrepreneurs need their own blueprint on exactly how to build a successful business. If you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur and you feel a little stuck, you feel a little plateaued, you want a GPS, you want a map on exactly what you should do over the next 12 months to hit record status in your revenue and profitabilities, make sure to grab your free download of the book. Just go to Blueprint Playbook. That's blueprintplaybook.com to grab your free copy. All right, Fady, we are back and about to enter the randomness round. The randomness round is kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. Beautiful. Whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip and brevity is key. So, Fady, are you ready for the randomness round? I am ready. Best advice you've ever received? My best boss at Boeing, at a big company, we had always been talking about career. He goes, if you think that this company is going to miss you when you leave, he goes, take a bucket of water, stick your hand in it, and pull it out. He goes, by the time it takes the water to settle is how long they're going to miss you when you're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, man. I have 140... Interviews later, that's arguably the best advice or most interesting <laughs> advice I've ever heard from any interview. That's incredible. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? I go on a walk every single morning, a two-mile walk around the neighborhood. Okay. What's the number one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? 
Passion. I am one of the most passionate person you'll ever meet. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? Uh, I'm a great fisherman. Interesting. What makes you a great fisherman? Just the obvious answer is you catch a lot of fish? (laughs) (laughs) I know how to adapt. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of a lot of people get frustrated when they go out to a pond and they can't catch a fish. Is I figure out exactly what patterns are actually happening at the lake, at the pond, whatever it is, and exactly what we're fishing for. And I have a a good arsenal of, of in my tackle box, and I know exactly what to pull out and when to use it. Hmm. Awesome. All right. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to our Hacker Nation, what would that be? Instagram. Instagram is the absolute best way to grow a brand, grow a business, grow anything you're doing. And for all the people that say that social media influencers and you know all that is is over, they're they're just not doing it right. Yep, I agree. Fady, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> <laughs> this has been absolutely incredible thank you so much for your time and sharing these incredible strategies and success hacks with our hacker nation community where can our listeners find out more about you about clockwork or about anything else that you'd like to share yeah absolutely so our our, our website is clockwork.ai where you can find some more information and you can look me up on on linkedin clockwork on linkedin instagram uh twitter and facebook as well Awesome. Awesome. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes with Fady and recap from today's incredible interview, along with some other really cool brand new resources we have on the site. Oh, when you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe so that you get all these latest, newest episodes downloaded. And remember, if you want a free copy of my newest book called The Blueprint, Business Owner Playbook for Explosive Growth, Go to blueprintplaybook.com. That's blueprintplaybook.com. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.